Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cardinals have won 11 of their last 14 games. They are now third place in the NL Central. They were able to chase away both uh, Kershaw and Urias over the weekend before the end of the fourth inning. This offense looks very real once again. And to discuss it all with us, we're talking it over with Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She's on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. She joins us now via the 101 ESPN hotline. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How about them Cardinals? Hey, how about them Cardinals? I've winners of four straight series playing consistently better baseball. That offense looks a lot like what we talked about in early April um, when, you know, we both said they'd be a top five offense. And then I think you, BK, you and I were both kind of like wishing we could retract some words in April, but here they go making us look smart again. Um, Great, great series in uh, in St. Louis against the Dodgers, but really just a very sad day in the city of St. Louis, of course, with the passing of Hall of Fame writer and just, an absolute icon of a person, Rick Hummel. Uh, and I want to get to that with you here in just a minute, Katie. I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on um, one of the best people, really, that was in that press box on a day-to-day basis. I, I did want to ask you about Nolan Gorman because he now has 13 home runs on the season. He's on pace for 44 home runs this year. You have heard, I would imagine, ad nauseum from Cardinals fans on Twitter telling you how the Cardinals can never develop an internal middle-of-the-order hitter. Have they done exactly that with what we're watching right now from Nolan Gorman? Oh, man, this Nolan Gorman discourse is so fun because it's it's coming from a good reason, right? The Cardinals, have, Cardinals fans have waited so long for a true power left-handed hitter to come up, especially to be developed through the system. And we're seeing exactly that in Nolan Gorman. Uh, a quick side note, I'm not with the team this week. I'm working from home. And my running joke with Nolan Gorman is every time I take a series on the road off, he goes absolutely sicko mode. So I'm anticipating like six homers from Gorman this road trip. Uh, we'll see. But when you're looking at Nolan Gorman and what the Cardinals have been able to do with him, I think we get as a society, as an industry, so caught up in prospects and having them immediately perform up to their, their hype as soon as they get to the major league level. That is not always the case. In fact, it's usually not the case. There is an adjustment level, and we saw that with Nolan Gorman in his rookie year. He came up, showed some flashes of good things, struggled a bit to adjust, and then I I think people were were so easy to just cast him away to the side because he had three months where he wasn't performing well, eventually got options. That's part of the process in developing players. Very rarely does a player immediately come from AAA and take off on an all-star career. What we're seeing is Nolan Gorman having the patience to adjust to those adjustments that he had in the uh, second half of last season. We know that it's laying off the high fastball, waiting to do damage with the off-speed step down in the zone. And 
we're seeing the Cardinals and Nolan Gorman, of course, reap the rewards of that. He certainly looks like a middle-of-the-order hitter that's going to be cemented in the daily lineup, regardless of handedness. Uh, I know that's been a big debate um, on Gorman, but uh, certainly the Cardinals could not be more pleased with what they have in the middle of the order. You can see why they were so big on him and why they were so hesitant to pass on him in trade deadlines prior. A great development for the middle of the order for an offense that just sees, you know, currently no sign of slowing down. Katie, with that being said, I, I want to turn to the outfield. And, and it feels like the outfield now almost has stabilized with Brendan Donovan out there in left field, Lars Nupar in center, and, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Oscar Mercado in right field. With the way that Mercado's been playing, and I get it, it's just a small sample size, do you think the Cardinals are going to give him a run as an everyday outfielder? Yeah, super small sample size, but obviously Mercado's the guy that you just want to root for when you think about his story drafted by the Cardinals 10 years ago, made his way back in the organization. And what I like about Mercado is he has such a dynamic skill set. And I think what we've seen with the Cardinals early this year is that a lot of their outfielders have a lot of the same skills where they're necessarily, you know, maybe bat-first players. They have the hit tool. I'm talking about guys like Alec Burleson, Juan Yepes, Jordan Walker. But their defense needs some work. Um, with Mercado, you're getting more of a traditional St. Louis Cardinals player, I think. He has the speed. He can hit for contact. He's smart. He's fundamentally sound. And the Cardinals could really use that in their outfields. I understand the importance of, of emphasizing offense. But I think with what the Cardinals have right now, with seemingly everybody in their lineup clicking or at least close to clicking, you can take some of the offense away from one position. It's not like Mercado can't hit. I mean, he drove him five runs on Sunday. But you can prioritize that defense that the Cardinals are missing a little bit in the offense, uh, especially in the corner positions, while they try to figure out what their uh, outfield of the future looks like, of course, with Tyler O'Neill not getting any closer to going on a rehab assignment, and they're still waiting for some clarity on Dylan Carlson. So I could see Mercado being more of the, like, a platoon guy, but certainly seen more starts than we expected. That's the last Cardinals question that I wanted to ask you about, Katie, is the immediate future of Carlson and O'Neill. I know for O'Neill, they thought he was going to be out on that rehab assignment over the weekend. Carlson, they're, they're waiting for that ankle to heal up. When they are healthy, and sometimes we know how this works in baseball, right? Mo would tell us these things have a way of working themselves out. But if we're projecting right now, what happens when those guys are ready to come back to the big league club? Great question. Um, I thought Mo's answers to your guys' interview was actually very telling when we were talking about Tyler O'Neill. He said part of a skill is staying on the field, and that's not something they've seen from Tyler over the last really two seasons. And it's a shame when you think about what his second half in 2021 looked like. But the Cardinals have given Tyler O'Neill plenty of chances. They offered him a chance to run away with the starting center field job. He has been, he's had uh, trouble staying healthy. Dylan Carlson, a, a really unfortunate timing for this injury because he was starting to contribute overall more consistently. I still think Dylan Carlson's your most consistent center fielder. I know the metrics may not always agree, but, you know, certainly looks great out there. Um, but they've been pretty honest about how they've really incorporated playing time throughout. They're going to have to earn it. And if guys like Lars Newbar, Brendan Donovan, Oscar Mercado are playing well, then Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson will have to re- uh, you know, re relearn their playing spots or you'll go out there and have to regain them, I guess. But it doesn't sound like we're going to see anything from Tyler O'Neill anytime soon, Dylan Carlson again, because injury is so new. They're still not sure about an approximate timeline. The good news is that death that was kind of hindering them in April has showed out to be very, very important because there are so many key players injured, yet the Cardinals haven't skipped a beat. 
Katie Wu is the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. And if you do so, uh, you'll see the photos that she posted of her with the commish, uh, Rick Hummel. Rick Hummel passed away over the weekend at the age of 77. Uh, Katie, he covered the Cardinals for five decades. And anybody that spent more than two minutes talking to him, uh, first of all, could feel the energy and the love that he had for the game, but also was treated with countless stories that he had from his time covering the game of baseball. Uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your experiences with the commish. What are you going to remember him most for? Oh man. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today when we first found out the news and honestly, what a, what a tremendous piece by Derek Gould to commemorate not only his mentor, but his friend and to do it in such a touching way. I, I, I think commission should be really proud. Um, but when I think of commission, I think about how I walked into the press box at Bush Stadium in 2021. First time as a beat writer, you know, dream job, have no idea what's going on. And I sit down, and little did I know it at the time, but I'd hit the press box seating chart lottery. And I think I'll owe uh, Cardinals PR, Chris Tuno, uh, a, thousand, a thousand thanks for sitting me right next to the commish. Um, I didn't know much about St. Louis sports writing coming from California, but it takes one look at the door, which says, uh, the Rick Hummel press box to know that the guy sitting next to you, whose name is also Rick Hummel is a big deal. And, um, you know, as competitors, that's ultimately what we were working for different companies. It's easy to get caught up in that. And it's easy to develop that natural competition driven angles that really propels media these days. But one conversation with Kamish and I knew this dude, he was never going to treat me as an enemy, he always treated me as a friend. And uh, I think when you go around Twitter and, and social media and you read these wonderful remarks about commission, what people had to say, it was really true. He was not only one of the best baseball writers perhaps to ever do it, he was also one of the kindest people. And uh, I was so lucky to sit next to him for the last two years and soak in all of the knowledge that he was always eager to share as long as you were wise enough to listen. <laughs> and we talked about things from strategy to writing tips to uh relationships with players and we also talked about things in life like uh you know road trips families uh stories and he never had any shortage of things he wanted to share um just a truly sad day in st louis to lose someone that carried so much knowledge so much impact and remained consistently humble and generous and honest and respectful he taught me so much about baseball but so much about life and um yeah i'm just so grateful to have had those two years sitting right next to him uh one of the things that stands out to me anytime that i go down to the ballpark and you get into the post-game interviews right and everybody's got their question that they want to ask uh, the, the greatest thing is always at the very end of an interview especially if there was a bunt that took place during the game where <laughs> you, you know what's coming you know what's coming between he and ollie marmel there's going to be a memorable exchange between the two and i know wayno posted something earlier today skip schumacher posted something as well about how he just has relationships with players or people within the organization that like it, it's almost impossible to be able to cultivate these kinds of relationships nowadays but somehow Hummel is was still able to do exactly that with players, with coaches, with managers, etc. cetera. Uh, he had a special gift about how he was able to connect with people. Absolutely. And I think that just made him who he was. I mean, you don't become the commish for, for not exceeding in every possible way that you could. I mean, not only was he one of the best storytellers I've ever read, but just the way that he went about 
each day, how he treated people, his conversations. I mean, he always brought a smile to everyone's face. And there wasn't a day where I didn't annoy him, I'm sure, with a question (laughs) or or a weird story that he didn't ask to hear. But because he was sitting next to me, I felt the need to tell him anyway. And it was always, always a a good laugh. And he never made me feel small or or if I had a question that, you know, maybe was pretty obvious. He always took the time to explain it in great detail. And again, we are direct competitors. So for him to go out there and constantly treat me as a friend, he became a mentor of mine in some sort, whether he planned to or not. And um, everything that you'll read about him that says the kind of person that he was, how he treated people, how he wrote stories, everything. Um, it, it could not be more true. He was truly a special, special talent. And uh, I think baseball's a little dimmer without him today. Katie, we appreciate the time. Certainly, we'll be reading your work over at The Athletic, following you on Twitter as well, at Katie J. Wu. Appreciate the time on a Monday, as always. We'll talk with you again next week. You got it, guys. Talk soon.